Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. Support of your Locked On SEC Football Podcast comes from Manscaped, number one in men's below the belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision engineered tools for you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Locked On at manscaped.com. That's 20% off manscaped.com with the promo code Locked On. We will preview all the games today and Friday. It's some premier games, including Texas A. Uh, Texas A&M and Clemson. But today we'll start with another one of the headliner games. Uh, it's LSU, uh, Texas. Your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, um, LSU looked fantastic in week number one. Crisp, Joe Burrow looked like he took another step in the offseason. Uh, what are some key matchups uh, in this game? Because it's uh, got a lot of implications, especially from recruiting these teams go against each other from time to time in recruiting. So your thoughts on the matchup, Chris? Well, just on the, the season alone, too. I mean, obviously, um, <clears throat> if you're going to be in the national playoff conversation, um, this game is close to being a must-win. Uh, probably is a must-win, I say that, because, you know, Dave, we don't know what the rest of the season is going to take place. And it, is it possible to lose this game, have a magical season, and get in? I I'm assuming it is. It would require some other things to happen, uh, not pertaining to the teams. But it's kind of, um, in some ways, at least at this point, you could view it as an elimination game from a playoff standpoint. Uh, the, the way I look at the game, and by the way, I did a complete, complete detailed breakdown on um, on LandryFootball.com of the rosters and how the players grade, um, you know, coming in to uh, – coming out of high school and so you get a look at their personnel the the five four three stars or you know as i i grade them how i grade them blue red purple uh you get a good little bit of a feel and some of the matchups i broke down lsu's offense and how lsu's offense different specifically what they're doing it's it's a lot of detail i think you you'll like that but what i really come to the conclusion and looking at this game is a couple of things one you know can texas win this game without a really great performance from Sam Ellinger. And I don't really see how. I mean, there's always that possibility if you are aided by a number of turnovers, sloppy play, a lot of things can happen. But in general, good on good, I don't know that Texas can win with their running attack. Um, That's not aided significantly with Sam Ellinger being a runner. And then, you know, I think on the defensive side, there's going to be uh, a much bigger challenge for LSU going up against Texas's defense. But I, I think we're going to learn more about truly the next step of LSU's offense. It's fine to look good against Georgia Southern, but it is against the likes of, likes of Texas and the rest of the, um, the SEC that's really going to determine how far this offense has come. So, look, it, it, we can, it's great to talk and project. We're going to learn an awful lot about both of these teams, like we will any team when you see good on good and you you see the result of this game and how it looks when we see it. I think LSU has better personnel overall. I think that um, they've got more depth defensively. They've got a deeper secondary. They've got more athletes on the defensive line to match up against the opposing offensive line. And I think LSU is a little better at the line of scrimmage. Does it mean they're going to win? No, that that itself doesn't mean they're going to win. 
But I do think that they've got more ways to beat you. I think that they can get guys in space. I think they can run downhill. You know, we'll, we'll see how they're able to execute there. On the defensive side, I, I don't know outside of a unbelievable performance against uh, uh, by by Sam Ellinger that that they're able to win. And if LSU allows Sam Ellinger to beat them, well, shame on them because I I do think that you know in my you know, growing up in football, um, and and certainly my time with Bill Belichick, I I've learned a lot. But one of the things you don't let the best guy on that team beat you, and if that best guy is really the big weight holder for that offense and that team, you surely have to do everything you can to contain him and force somebody else to beat you and take your chances there. So I I, I do think there's a significant advantage and. You know, we got a question that came in that, that um, asked me who's the LSU-Tennessee game more important for. Well, Dave, we know that the games are, you know, important for – in the eyes of the beholder, it's really important. But but let me answer it this way, um, Jeff, who um, – I do think that while there's great expectations at Texas um, – and there's a great expectations this season. I do think that from a purely objective standpoint, Texas, uh, that LSU should win this game. So even at home, this would be an upset. This would be a great win for Texas. I think that if Texas wins it, Tom Herman wins it, it'll be a big feather in his cap. It'll be great. And he has been probably the best underdog coach in college football in terms of Pulling big upsets, Houston, you know, in particular. I think that's how I view that. For Ed Ogeron, with the better team, um, you know, it's always a tougher loss if you lose that game and you're the better team with the more talent. Um, so I think it would be tougher a tougher loss for LSU and maybe more question marks again, start to float in about, Hey, be a championship caliber coach. Can we get it done with, you know, you're going to get more of those type of conversations with an LSU loss than a Texas loss because LSU is supposed to win this game. It is also a sidebar to this, that Tom Herman was wooed by LSU and he decided to take the Texas job. And so to some degree, it'll kind of come back to not that LSU made the choice because LSU chose Tom Herman and Tom Herman chose Texas and LSU turned to Ed Ogeron. But it would be a tougher loss, I think, for Ed, because I think it would bring in a lot of the, you know, the, the feeling is, hey, Ed's a great guy. And the strength of him, maybe much like a Dabo, is can he find the right mix on the staff and keep it together to where he can make a really, really good run? Losing this year where everybody's excited about, hey, got the quarterback in place that can be effective, the offense is in place, really good defense. If they were to lose this, Dave, I I think it would probably hurt LSU more than Texas in terms of the immediate and maybe even long-term future of the program. Well, and – Unless they were to upset Alabama, you're pretty much. I mean, we we kind of assume that Alabama is going to be able to win that game. Maybe that's uh, jumping forward. But if you lose this game, and uh, let's assume they lose against Alabama, which I'm sure they will be the underdog. I mean, you're pretty much 
saying they're out of the college football playoff race in September. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, yeah, and and David, not to interrupt, it, 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 it beat he beat Alabama, and then oh by the way, just an assumption that you absolutely positively have to beat Florida at home, Auburn at home, and M at home. You know, which it's all at home. LSU will be favorites, but yeah, it beat Alabama and those other three, and you know that that yeah, you're right. That that would be a challenge. And here's the thing. Um, you can beat Alabama. I mean, if you beat Alabama, then certainly that puts you, it doesn't affect the conference race and you're right, but that, that is a big ask at this point. And the likelihood, as I mentioned, is that it's almost not a given, but almost a, a certainty that you lose to Alabama. And so it, in that case, you truly are out because at that point, you're not even getting to the conference championship game unless Alabama loses twice because you'd lose the head to head. So, no, I, I you're, you're spot on there. I think you're right there. A uh, preview of uh, Tennessee BYU coming up also in Burry State, Georgia. Key injury there, West Virginia, uh, Missouri as well, Charleston, Southern South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Purdue, Southern Miss, Mississippi State. Chris referenced uh, any questions you might have. Feel free to send those on to. Twitter to Landry Football or the Dave Hooker, and we will get to each and every one of them, and we'll preview each and every SEC game every Thursday and Friday. So we continue with that. How did the balls bounce back? We'll discuss. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. You are locked on SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're locked on SEC football podcast, and we talked LSU Texas, one of the gems of the SEC slate. Be sure and tune in tomorrow. We'll uh, break down Clemson, Texas A&M. And uh, first, though, let's look at the flip side of the conference. Those are the really good teams. Uh, Tennessee <laughs> did not like look like a really uh, good team on Saturday. The loss to Georgia State and uh, for the record, as far as uh, teams uh, in the SEC that have been 25-point favorites, this is the biggest upset loss. Uh, that would be Tennessee with an eight-point loss to Georgia State. Uh, Florida would be second, a six-point loss to Georgia Southern back in 2013. And then ugh, a couple of Tennessee games. 2008, it was Tennessee, a six-point loss to Wyoming, 96. A Tennessee, Tennessee, a four-point loss to Memphis. So historically, it's as uh, it's it's about as bad as they come. I do, would, do, do they have Dave? And it may not have it. Do, do they have all-time, not just SEC, but all-time point spread losses? Um, what that would be, I'm, I'd be curious if 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 we can get. I mean, I would be interested to see how it ranks. I know it's been compared, for example to Appalachian State, Michigan, uh, in the big house. And, you know, remember, um, well, first of all, Appalachian State was a better team, but so was Michigan. Michigan was a ranked team, and they lost. So I don't know. I'm curious to see point spreads, why that, where that was. You know, a big, big point spread game, and I don't know if it would make the list or not, Dave, but Jim Harbaugh's second year at Stanford was like a – 25, 30 point underdog, somewhere in that range, um, to USC, ranked number one, number two. They were, you know, Pete Carroll, USC, 
and they beat them like, you know, they beat them by one, like 24-23 or something like that. And it was a huge, huge upset. It's still, though, you know, Stanford, maybe not a very good Stanford team program at that point, but it's it's P5, P5. Um, but, yeah, just kind of put in the, the realm of the biggest losses. Um, it's a it's a tough uh, week, obviously, for that staff, but one in which, you know, they've got to understand it's an even tougher week for the players in a lot of cases to to get them ready to go this week. And uh, it's going to be quite the challenge. And, and I will say this, that how they respond this week, and I would be shocked and, and disappointed is someone who really doesn't care who win but studies it. Um, everywhere, I, I just would be really disappointed if, if that team does not respond in a very positive way in this game and put forth great effort. May not play well. Heck, may not win. I don't know. But play hard, play well, play disciplined. Because, Dave, if they don't, that will say an awful lot about, and I think it'll say an awful lot either way. And so I think is is I think this game has like really moved up the charts in terms of intrigue, as opposed to if George if uh, if Tennessee had beaten Georgia State last week, may not have been it would have been intriguing, but not as much. I think this game kind of moves up the ladder in terms of how do they respond. Um. Because I think it's, it, it will be a big game for this year and for the immediate and long-term future of Jeremy Pruitt, how this team responds. Do you – you're right there. Um, I don't even want to ask what the mood's going to be if they were to lose to BYU from the fan base because I kind of already – I think I already know that answer. But um, would, they, would, would they – I would say you know, this. It, it would – and with the last decade as a backdrop – it might be an all-time low, um, and that's saying something because the past decade has been totally disastrous. So, uh, yeah, they if they come out and they don't play well, I, I really don't think it matters if, if they just play well. If they don't win this game, I can't imagine. You know, there are already media members being asked about Jeremy Pruitt's buyout which just for the record, he's not going to get fired this season, but it is $9.5 million if he mm-hmm. were to be fired this season. So just take that out of play. It's not going to happen. But it would be it would be Chris an all-time low. And that's considering Dooley, Jones, Lane Kiffin leaving, um, I think, to lose these two that people had chalked up for definite wins would be an all-time low. What do you think of the matchup schematically and X's and O's and roster-wise between BYU and, and Tennessee? Well, BYU has got a really good defensive front. They're physical. Um, offensively, I thought they really moved the ball fairly well against a really good Utah defense early in the game. Um, look, they're, they're more talented than Georgia State. But, you know, and they, therein goes, oh, boy, Georgia State's the worst team on their roster. Tennessee's not going to win the game this year. That's not going to happen. Tennessee's going to win some games because it's it's not just about, we all know it's not, if it was about 
a roster in the matchup, personnel matchups, Georgia beats, uh, excuse me, Tennessee beats Georgia State. Didn't happen. So the issue is, you know, how they play will determine whether they win. It is a game that's definitely winnable. It is not a given that they win. I would say, Dave, in a weird way, the chances of Tennessee win winning are greater now than they w- it would have been had they beaten Georgia State. You know, I, I think that the response of this is everything, and I think the response is going to be off of an embarrassment, a heightened effort. Now, I, I think that they play uh, – a lot better, and I think they beat them, but I think it's a better team than they got beat by last week. But I think it's about how you play um, and, and some of the adjustments that you make as a coach. I think that the, I mentioned this yesterday that, and, and maybe even Tuesday when we're kind of recapping more of the game, that the, the real challenge is to kind of build your team up and to work on things that, that, have gone well that you have done people oh well nothing went well well no there were some things believe it or not that did go well it's completely camouflaged by as we discussed one of the worst losses embarrassing losses but i think the embarrassment of the loss last week kind of makes this game more in tennessee's favor in my mind in terms of how they respond we'll see if that is accurate or not um i'm curious like everyone else in um taking a peek and uh, it's going to be on um, on the Landry Lab. It's going to be it's going to be on in one of the one of the six that are going on at that that nighttime window. But I, I think there's going to be some different challenges with a better offensive line that they're facing and a better defensive front, definitely. So um, it, it's going to be a challenge schematically and a little bit more more of a of a of a resistance both ways. Uh, but I think Tennessee's going to play a lot different. Play, I don't know if it's more inspired, Dave. Spay play with an uh, with an angry approach. But I guess what I'm saying in conclusion is that if they don't respond, pretty good indication that that he's lost the team, which I'm not ready to buy yet. And I don't know, and no one knows if he's lost the team or not unless you're there. But I think we're going to know after this week. Worth noting, two players entered the transfer portal. Neither were big-time factors, but one tweeted out a uh, kind of a joke, a troll, whatever you want to call it, about how Tennessee paid Georgia State $950,000 and lost. And he thought that was quite comical. Um, he's entered the transfer portal no longer on the team. Murray State, Georgia should not be a... A, uh, a, a tough matchup for the Bulldogs. I do want to mention, though, injury to Isaiah Wilson. Your thoughts on um, the significance there and what, what you've heard as far as when he'll be back? Um, well, it's a lower body injury, which is a very vague way of saying they're not describing, telling what it is. Uh, so it's completely speculative. Um, it looks like he's going to miss some time. So what that tells me is Going to miss this week, as you mentioned, um, Murray State. Beyond that, don't know. Um, is this significant? It depends upon if he's available for Notre Dame. Um, you miss time, you don't know. That's going to be one of the question marks 
uh, going into Notre Dame is is Isaiah back. So that's a next week question for whether he's going to be healthy or not. But it is something that's noteworthy because it's a question mark as opposed to he's he's you know he's full go. Is he's obviously this is a deep offensive line. They can deal with the miss of time. It does not look like lower body injury, depending on what it is, that it's going to be a long extended period. But I, but I don't know that. I, that's completely speculative. He's a dominant run blocker, really, really good. But it is noteworthy, but more noteworthy to next week. You know, this week, I think we're going to see much more of the same like we saw in the second half against Vanderbilt, really the entire game. But run the football control the line of scrimmage, maybe work some things in the passing game to get a little bit ready, but not show a whole lot. I think it's going to be vanilla again and uh, dominant again, of course. And then uh, then it's getting ready for the Irish. Yep. Uh, West Virginia, Missouri, Charleston, Southern, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Purdue, Southern Miss, Mississippi State coming up. Stay tuned. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. More after this. You are locked on SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast, West Virginia, uh, Missouri. We talk about the embarrassing losses in in the SEC, and we talked obviously about Tennessee, that South Carolina. They should have won that game in the opener, and kind of lost in that was Missouri going to Laramie and losing. They should be pretty motivated to uh, bounce back this week as well. They should. They did not play well on offense. They did not play well on defense. Defense didn't show up. That was probably the most alarming because I really was not overly impressed by Wyoming's offense, but they were impressive against Missouri's defense, and it was really about what Missouri did not do in terms of their alignment, their positioning. And it's listen, this is a different-looking Missouri team. You know, um, there's a lot of expectations for them based on their schedule, and then you lose a game like that. It was in Laramie really quirky and weird that they're going to Laramie, but uh, you got to take care of business there. And they did not. This West Virginia team's a different look. This is not the West Virginia team that can go toe-to-toe points with Oklahoma like last year. Um, I thought Austin Kendall played well, but they don't have the explosive playmakers. Um, and, and Missouri should get right this week. Um, it, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, this, this would – putting Missouri in the category of of, of, of kind of if, if they lose this game at home, uh, this would put them in the category of what in the bleep is going on, like we've talked about with a couple of these other programs. But, no, I think they take care of business. But I, I will say that um, Kelly Bryant was a mixed bag and didn't protect the football in the red zone. So that's got to be cleaned up, and defensively they've got to wake up. I always wonder. Uh, there's, if there's not a bowl game out there, and we don't think they're a college uh, yeah. playoff contender, but I always wonder uh, the motivation uh, for a team. I know bowls aren't what they they once were, but still, and that but that shadow is cast over a season. It always makes me wonder. 
Charleston, Southern South Carolina, another bounce back game you would think for an SEC team. Any challenge here? No, no challenge. Just the challenge internally to kind of get their head right and see if they can't go forward and play better ball and upset somebody because a lot of the games on their schedule, as we've documented, would be upset for South Carolina to win. They did not play well against North Carolina. North Carolina kind of beat them up a little bit in some aspects, but it was about what South Carolina didn't do. They, they really made um, a, a lot of mistakes just in terms of alignment set up and did not make the adjustments that were necessary. And so that really goes on the coaching staff. It won't be a factor this week. They'll win. But uh, going forward, um, you know, getting getting things right for the rest of the season. There again, this late stage of the Will Muschamp era, those things should not be happening in games like, um, you know, last week where they were quite a bit better personnel-wise. Man, I've talked to some people in South Carolina and incensed um, is is probably the best uh, term to uh, refer to Will Muschamp right now. Fans are not happy and the schedule gets so much more difficult uh, going down the line that this, this could be this could be uh, somewhat of a, a hot seat season for him. You talked about his infrastructure and all that he's done and uh, I think South Carolina has to kind of stay in your lane know your role so to speak but try telling fans that are that are shelling out thousands in donations and and for tickets uh, as far as Purdue and Vanderbilt um Purdue a very motivated team and uh Vandy coming off uh, a pretty tough loss I, this looks like a boilermaker win to me you well, it, it I don't know to be honest with you I I think that uh, it probably should be at home I think that Purdue certainly got some weapons on offense that can beat you. But you know what? So can Vanderbilt. Um, to me, I think the, they give Purdue a slight edge, but I do think Vanderbilt has playmakers offensively. And who's going to be able to step up defensively and get a few stops is the key because I do think there's a chance to have quite a bit of points in this game. So, yeah, I give Vanderbilt a shot here on the road. Uh, but I do like Purdue here. Uh, Purdue kind of put their foot off the pedal last week, had some key mistakes that cost them the game in Nevada. But, um, you know, I, I think they rebound one of these teams starting off 0-2, which is not a shock, but particularly in the case of Purdue, a little bit unexpected, but unexpected because the Nevada game was thought to be um, pretty much a given they'd win it. Yep. Uh, Southern Miss, Mississippi State, thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, you know, I want to see um, Mississippi State play a little bit cleaner game. I thought they, you know, they did some good things in spurts, but I didn't think they played all that clean. I thought they missed some opportunities offensively. They left some plays on the field. Um, I didn't think that uh, defensively they they really – was as they were as impressive as I thought they would be. Um, another interesting opponent, you know, Southern Miss, not you know, not a great team, but a, but a team that that I think can give them some challenges. I mean, Mississippi State's going to win, but to me, the margin is going to depend upon how how clean of a game that they play. Which they've got to clean some things up if they're going to cause some problems. 
at least minimally in some of the bigger games in the conference that they're going to play, they're going to have to play a lot better than week one. And, and they will, but they, they're, that's a big focus. That is your Locked On SEC football podcast. We'll have the remainder of the game previews on Friday. Have a fantastic day, everyone.